Thank you for joining us today for After the Message. To learn more about Celebration Church here in Orlando, follow us on social media at CelebrationORL or visit our website at CelebrationORL.org. Hey, well, welcome to After the Message at Home Edition. Um, I'm Josh. This is Justin. Uh, we're here with Pastor Keith. Uh, we hope everybody's doing good. Um, hey, what room, what room in your house are you guys, uh, are you guys podcasting from today? I'm here at Pittman headquarters. I'm, um, and I'm in our, our, our living room space. So it's kind of like an open floor plan, like a lot of places. So, um, our living room, but it bleeds into like, uh, the like kitchen area and also like our little, um, breakfast area. So it's kind of like a very open. So if you hear a lot of echoing, that's what it is, but that's, this is like my office. I wish I could show you guys a picture of like, I have like my little tripod here set up. I got my um my computer, my my iPad, um my my Bible here. Like I look like I'm really planning something. Like it looks really legit. Um like I'm really in like deep study. So if there's a picture of this, it's, it's gonna make me look like I'm really like a, a student of this whole thing that we're doing. So that's this is my this is my space here, Pittman headquarters. I think we should each um take a picture of our setup and we'll just put it all on Instagram after this. Yes. I yeah. think that'd be great. Yeah. I look like a I look like a YouTube like vlogger. I've got the light. And I've got <laughs> the whole thing. Becca walked in yesterday and was like, What the heck? I was like, Don't don't judge me. Do you have the it's, one with like the, the light it's for and the, the people. Is, yeah. it, is it the one where, so you it looks like you're doing makeup right now? Yeah, here, hold on. <laughs> look at yes. that. Yes. So later awesome. on, Justin's going to be giving us makeup and beard tips. So that's what that setup is for. <laughs> I'll, like, give you, hey, I'll, give you, I'll give you beard tips. You want to use just enough beard oil, but not too much. So you don't want it dripping off of your beard like a prophet in the Bible. That's not what we want today. Yes. Yeah, that's, that's not the but way no, today. Not in Florida. Yeah. So, so the room that I'm in is kind of like dining room, living room, main room. I don't know. We live in a college park home, so the, the rooms are multi-purpose. <laughs> Yeah, it's like a New York loft. Everything is just one. It's pretty yeah, much everything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's 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 open concept. Is, yes. is the word. Yeah. Especially if you just open sure. all the doors like we do, you have to. It's just like one big house, uh, just very small rooms. You know what I mean? So. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I, I'm in my girl's Indeed. playroom. So if we need a, a chalkboard, I have a chalkboard over here. I have a whiteboard over here. Uh, so they're out uh, doing schoolwork right now. So if you hear them yelling in the background, it's because they've been arguing all morning, quarantine life, but it's all good. So you, so you guys are like doing like, y'all have like legit school times, like for, for the girls. Yeah. That's like kind of, okay. Yeah, I respect that. I've, I've heard a lot of, I've heard a lot of families like they're doing that. Like, obviously like my youngest is 16. So like, like nothing has changed for him. Like he's just, most of his stuff was online anyway. So he's just like, I went into his ring yesterday. And I'm like, bro, like, aren't you supposed to be like working on schoolwork? And he's like, oh, I am. So he's simultaneously playing his PS4 while like watching like this lecture from his like um, from his teacher. And I'm like, man, this is just like any other day. Like, so there's not been a lot of movement here um, in the in the academic realm um, for the Pittman household, but we're gonna tighten them up a little bit. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we have to every day. Their school actually takes attendance through. They have these apps they have to use online, and so they take attendance. Because where public schools are getting great, uh, not getting graded, and they can just decide to either stay back or move forward, they're still getting graded. So um, pray for me, especially my wife, that uh, <laughs> that we that we do well. I'm trying to teach them how to use a, an app yesterday, and they knew they know how to use it better than I do. I'm like about to throw the iPad on the ground. I'm having to ask for patience daily. So 
Good Lord. I'm glad I don't have to do anything with Caleb's school. It would drive me nuts. So he's on his own. So hopefully it all works out. Good. Well, hey, this Sunday, uh, Church at Home was amazing. Um, I loved, like, getting to see you and your family uh, uh, just lead Church at Home together. I thought it was awesome seeing everybody in there together. It felt like um, you were in our living room, uh, that you were talking to yeah. us uh, right from where you were at. I, I really love that. And, I mean, you said so many um, amazing things. But, Justin, when we were talking about it a little bit earlier, you, were, you had a, a couple of things that um, kind of led you down a, a, a trail of thought, um, especially when it came to yielding. You want to share that? Yeah, before I do, though, Pastor Keith, you shared a story right at top about Caleb. Uh, having a Nerf war at the church offices like yes, yes. seven seven years ago, maybe eight years were ago you, now. Were you there? Were you there? I was there. Oh, I was yes. there for Let's that talk Nerf about war. <laughs> yes. I you think did I tell made, me you were there. Yes. I may to this day have scared your son probably the worst he's ever been scared. So yes. when we were having a we were having a, a Nerf war in the dark church offices. I was hiding in a room or taking cover in a room and I looked to my right and there was an old like um, like bear costume that we were using for sea kids at the time. So I did what any adult would do, and I put on the bear costume and lurked in a dark corner till Caleb and his buddies came by, and I jumped out at them. And I've never seen the, the kids run so fast in their life because they were that not so funny. There. I think I think to this day Caleb hasn't forgiven you. Did you hear him cuss? Tell me right now. I want to know. Uh, no, I, the, the, I had bear ears on, so things that were you're a little being nice. It was almost eight years ago. He may not have known what cuss words were at that time. Okay. Good. Uh, I was going to go and rebuke him now, eight years later. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, I had, I had to say that right up top. As you were sharing that story, I was like, I was there for that. I did uh, have cool, one, right? one more thought. What, what are you guys doing to get through the quarantine? Just one, one thing that you're doing to get through it. Other than Tiger King. <laughs> I've watched Tiger King. Um, we, uh, I, have, I have an almost two-year-old, so we just we take walks around the block and we watch Disney Plus. And by I mean we watch Disney Plus, I mean we watch the same movie four times a day, which is The Secret Life of Pets. Um, oh, that's what he's into. Okay. <laughs> dude, he loves it. He just sees it on the screen. He's like, puppy, puppy, puppy. <laughs> At least it's uh, not once frozen, he, too. Yeah. W- once he goes to bed, though, I've been rewatching all the Marvel movies. My man. That's um, what I'm talking about. That, But I, I, I do. I wake up in the morning with the greatest intentions of like, man, I'm not going to do this quarantine. I'm going to eat healthy. I'm going to mm. no carbs. And then about 745, once he's down, I open up a pantry and there's like pop tarts and family sized bags of Skittles. And so, <laughs> ours has been peanut butter M and M's. Man, we have gone through so many peanut butter M and M's. If I find some of those on my porch, thank you. That's it. That's the gift. Yeah, for for us, um, kind of like um all of the above because we don't have little ones, we have a lot more flexibility in in some of that stuff. But Denira has been a, a true blessing. Her and Megan take turns on on cooking and things like that. And Daenerys is really in this space where she's like baking all these desserts and Megan's making breakfast and stuff like that. So again, to your point, Justin, like trying our best to be healthy, but Megan makes the best French toast. Like it's, 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 it's of the Lord. So like she, she'll make that. And like, so we're, we're in a, we're in a good rhythm, um, but still trying to find like that normalcy, you know what I mean? Like yeah. it still seems kind of scattered and, and, and everything, but 
but that's what we're doing to survive. Just eating a lot of food and hoping that, um, hoping that I got enough that's going to last. I don't know. I think I'll need to make another supply run at some, some point this week, but we'll, we'll see. I just need toilet paper and paper towels. That's it. You can't find them anywhere in College Park. Dude, nowhere. I went yesterday to try to find them. It's just completely empty. I got lucky about, I think about a week and a half ago. Um, and, and out where I live, there was like this Walmart and there was somebody there. They were just kind of standing at a pallet and they were guarding it. And it was like one per family or whatever. Um, and I did see the same family just kind of like send different people from that family to go and get as much as they could. So it was really funny to see like a six-year-old go. I'm like, hey, can I get my one? Like someone's not recognizing that, that you're with the dad who just got it. Anyway, they're hoarding. It's not fair. Anyway, um, yeah. we did manage to get a couple um, in, in that. So we're, I think we're good enough that we could probably go another good two weeks um, and, and we'll make it through. So um, I'm not going to probably start worrying about it until probably like next week. And then, um, then I'll, I'll, I'll just be like Rick Grimes out here just mm -hmm. running these streets and trying to see how can I, um, how can I, um, how can I survive with my family? I thought you said Rick Ross for a second. No. <laughs> I'm just gonna start wearing. A, I'm just start wearing a cowboy hat for no apparent reason during this time. Like when I go yeah. out, and a crossbow. <laughs> yes. Uh, yes. Anyway, people are tuned in for after the message. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Let's, let's do that. We haven't yeah. seen each other, so man, we we miss each other. I know. This is what we miss around our office. <laughs> I know. I feel like we're on the Josh Azell podcast right now, though, because you look all professional. He's very legit. <laughs> Hey, I, again, I'm, I'm stir crazy. So I, I happened to get out all my old recording equipment. I was like, Ooh, I can use it. So yeah, I was happy. He's waiting for this. Like you and I are just sitting here just trying to survive with our skills yeah. and other suites. And, and he's like, man, I'm ready for this. Like he's ready to start broadcasting. So thank you, Ezel, for leading the way. Yeah. Hey, gotta do what I gotta do. <laughs> anyway, back to what what we're back here to, the, to talk back about. to the spiritual yeah. things yeah yes let's yeah. let's invite god back into this conversation no, yes. church at home it was great and yeah to to josh's point like it was so cool seeing you and your family and and kind of in that setting and you know we talked about uh the i am statement that jesus made of i am the light of the world and uh mm -hmm. about halfway through your message you you kind of shared like what that meant you kind of um, kind of related to, to people, like maybe their situation, but you ask the question, like, so what about now? Like, what do we do in the meantime? Like, how do we, how do we receive this light? How do we feed this light in the darkness? And one of the things you said, um, and you shared a scripture about, about yielding, like mm -hmm. one of the things that we can, how we can feed the light and, and in the middle of the darkness is, is to yield to ourselves and get out of the way. Like to, yeah. to, to yield in our lives, to, to, to yield all the other voices, to, to, to yield this and, and to kind of look for that light and to kind of feed um, that light. And then you share some points around it, which is to, to listen to God, which mm -hmm. it, that was your first point, which I think, you know, uh, Josh, you and I have talked about it and I've talked about it with a lot of other people. Like, I think that's the thing that people are looking like, how do people listen to God? How do people hear God? And I think is, yeah. is, is, is one of the bigger questions that's being asked right now. Yeah, I think um, I actually saw a friend of mine. He had posted this statement. And I thought it was so it was so well put. He said, um, he said, check the news, but watch the word instead of watching the word and check and you know instead of you know checking the word and watching the news. And and I think that that's a that's a healthy way because I mean again I, I truly believe that it's important for us to be informed. We need to be aware of what's going on. Um, and a lot of times it's so we know what to pray for. Sometimes it's what to prepare for, but it shouldn't be what to be fearful of. Yeah. 
So, so when it comes to like listening to God, I think all of us probably have different versions of the ways that we can hear from God. Some people hear from God and it could be um, through reinforcement, through listening to a worship song. And, and, and as you're listening to that song, there's like a phrase or something that's being sung that's just a constant reminder of, of, of something that God has already spoken over your life. Some of us, it's, it really is just opening up the word of God and reading it and seeing how um, certain things are being reinforced and, and ideas are being kind of stirred up from that. And then others, it could be, it could be prayer. So this idea of like, like yielding, it was kind of connected to the thought in Genesis where it says, let, let there be light. And so, you know, time didn't allow me to kind of get into all the different times God's used the words, let, like, we have an opportunity to let this happen. We can get out of the way. And ultimately that word does mean yield to, to get out of the way. Um, so there's almost like this, this, this verb, this action that's required of us in order for us to do that. And so I shared the story of how when Megan and I were, it was super busy, a lot of stuff going on in our life. We get this phone call from a sick family member, you know, a little baby who's in the hospital. And, and at that moment, like even with us, like two decades in walking with God, people that I would consider to be strong in our faith, there's this moment where our first response wasn't prayer initially. It was just pausing and taking inventory of all mm -hmm. the stuff that's going on with like trying to figure out my son being at school and at home now and adjusting to leading a church, all the stuff that I shared in the message. So there's this part where you're just processing through it all and you're just allowing the information to kind of close in on you and that's where it starts to feel overwhelmed and that's kind of like that darkness that i said that you could like you could just feel it like good lord like is there any good in this at all and that's when i feel like god literally said to me like but will you will you let me shine in this moment and and i know that that can sound like just words i realize that sometimes when we read scripture and in real time it's like yeah i see what that says but what does that feel like so for us in that moment letting letting god shine was not ignoring the facts, was not ignoring the reality of what was going on. In fact, it was taking those facts into prayer and allowing God to kind of like speak through that. So as we started to pray and really just try to lean into like, like acknowledging what it was, not submitting to it, but honestly beginning to pray scriptures over the situation, there was like this overwhelming sense of peace because it was a reminder of like, man, like this, this situation is new to us. This information is new to us, but this isn't the first time that God has needed to step into a situation like this. So if my faith is rooted in sometimes not seeing the evidence of it, but still believing in an outcome, this is the time that I'm going to let God shine in this and I'm not going to allow my feelings to overwhelm me. So I think that to kind of answer your point, it's, it's, it's really coming down to us learning how do we recognize the voice of God. But for us, and what's worked for me over the years is, is recognizing that, that God's not going to speak anything that's in conflict to what his word says. So I'm often looking for things that, that reinforce it. And so for some of us that may are like, man, like I open up my Bible, I'll read a passage of scripture. I don't know what that means. Honestly, like God will confirm his word in a multitude of ways. It could yeah. be listening to this podcast right now. And, and something that we say is a reminder of something else. I said, that's, that's, that's not just Keith, Josh, and um, Justin speaking. That's the Holy Spirit interpreting words as being a reminder of things that he said. It might be planting the word, or it could be the song, like I mentioned, or it could be one of those things. So I think it's not like this this formulaic thing of like, okay, this is how you hear from God. It's just putting yourself in godly environments and God will begin to confirm his word and begins yeah. to bring you peace through it. Yeah, that's good. Well, pastor uh, Nathan Pinocchio, one of the pastors at uh, Hillsong, he wrote a book called Hearing God. And to your point, Pastor Keith, he, he talks about one of the biggest misconceptions when it comes to like hearing God is that you don't need scripture or that, that, you know, it's just going to be this, like this moment where you're mm -hmm. just sitting there, whatever. And you just hear this audible voice, but he says often, oftentimes I'm like how it works and how 
you know, hearing God works is God's word actually gives context to his voice. Like if you hear something and then you open the word and it doesn't line up with what the word says, you did not hear God. You heard the enemy. You heard what you wanted to hear. You heard, you know, kind of another voice besides his. Yeah. And bro, let me, let me say this, because that's, that's so true. I'm sorry, let me, let me say this, because what I've, what I've found for me, like if we're, if we're looking at it, because the Bible is so vast, um, and sometimes this is what I've found, because I think that's a, a powerful point. I've found that if there's times that I'm going into God's word with a predetermined outcome, you can read whatever you want into scripture. So now I'm taking my feelings and I'm reading into a passage, and now I'm looking for an outcome because I'm trying to force the word of God. So this is when you, and I mean, and you guys as pastors know this, this is when you have people that will then present the word of God to you to justify a decision that's not consistent with his nature. And then ultimately yeah. the, the answer is I have peace about this. I read this passage here. And so this applies to my marriage. So God's telling me to walk away. And it's like, yeah. no, that's not the proper context. You're reading your feelings into the text and you're allowing yourself to extract what you interpret as the voice of God. It's important, like you said, to give context to God's voice, but it's not going to be in conflict to other things that's in his word. That's good. And to your point with what you just said, I think, I think that is like such a huge misconception. I think, and I've even done it in my life where I want, I want a situation to come to fruition so bad that when I'm praying or maybe, maybe there's uh, several different choices I need to make. Like I know the one I want to make and I'm praying and I'm asking God for like peace and clarity about it, but I'm going into it with a predetermined outcome. Yeah. But then you have Jeremiah 29, 29, 13, that brings context to even that. It says, you will seek me and find me when you seek me with all of your heart. Yeah. With, with, when you come to God with all of your heart, God, what do you want to do? God, God I want to hear from you no matter what you say. Like, I want what you want for me, not I want what I want. And I just want you to affirm what I want. Like, I think when you go into God with that attitude of your heart, with your whole heart, like God responds not to action. He responds to motive. Like God responds Mm -hmm. not like to, to the, he responds to the heart, not to the, I'm going to God. I'm being quiet. I've listened to two Hillsong songs. I've even listened to the blessing now. <laughs> I've even, I have, <laughs> I've done all of these things. Why, why is God not speaking to me? Like, Turn this what is your heart? Into a garden. Yeah. 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 What is, what is, what is your heart in, in that moment? Like, what is your yeah. heart? Are you going to God to affirm something? Are you going to God to, to give you answers or what yeah. he wants for your life? Amen. I think my dad used to always tell me that your, your feelings shouldn't dictate your theology. Your theology should dictate your feelings. And I think so a lot true. of times when it comes to hearing from God, that's what, like, that's what we do. We go in with our feelings and our emotions and we look for, we look for God to then support that instead of doing like what you said and then submitting that to him. I mean, the word yield and submit, I mean, they could almost be interchanged um, mm-hmm. a lot of times, but I think one of the things that, that I, at least I see in my life, um, and that I've seen in the lives of of other people around me is that people have a different definition of yielding. Um, my wife uh, is from up north, so when they yield up north, it is really like really quick. Like we don't even really stop; we kind of just look and then go. Like we kind of get in the traffic. I'm from down south, and so when we yield, we like stop because there could be a big tractor coming down the road. We don't want to get hit, and you actually stop for a minute. <laughs> And you let some. I don't know if that's a southern thing. <laughs> I don't know. I get mad at people like you. I'm like, it says yield, not stop. I'm like, stop. exactly. I'm like, go. Yeah. There's no cars coming. Let's go. But, yes. <laughs> well, maybe it's just me. Um, You're getting the horn blown at you if I'm behind you. <laughs> and if Callie's behind me, it's the same thing. 
in but, Jesus' but, name. But I, yes. but I do think though that there is a part of that yielding where you do have to like. There's like this this like millisecond where you have to decide: Am mm-hmm. I just going to keep going and kind of go with the flow, or am I going to stop and then be kind of kind of be led? And I think that that's for me what I had to learn with it because my version of yielding was always: I just want to keep it going, and then I want God to catch up with me. Like I want, I want to keep going the direction that I'm going, but sometimes like what I've seen is, is when I do that, I'll keep going in the same direction and I have it completely yielded or submitted to that, to the, to the actual direction that God wants for my life. And so then I wind up in the wrong place doing the wrong thing. And so I think that there's always that pivotal moment when you are yielding or submitting that you have to like, you have to make that decision. Am I going to stop for a second and actually like recalibrate or am I just going to keep going and let God catch up with me? That's right. so true. And, and I think to, to add to that, if we, if we continue to kind of like walk out this analogy, I, I remember, um, I remember like when we, when we first moved to Orlando and, and, and kind of like I mentioned, like near our home, there's like this, this traffic circle. And so I remember there was this time where my daughter De Niro was, was following me. So she's following me. And so we're at this traffic circle where, you know, you got to yield, cars are coming, all that stuff. And so, um, she just, I think she was following me to kind of like this place to go get her oil change. So as, as I'm ahead of her, um, and I'm yielding for the car that's kind of like in the traffic circle. I kind of pull out after that. So she comes to a complete stop because she's doing exactly what you're saying. Like she's, she's yielding, she's waiting. And, and, and from my guesstimation, like, okay, so there's one car, you can hop in, you can keep going. But she, she stood still too long. So now the one that she was following got so far ahead, she didn't see where I made the turn. So I think the importance of yielding is not always coming to a complete stop because we yeah. still are supposed to stay in tune and in step yeah. with God. Because I think at, the risk that we run is is that we can let God get so far ahead of us. Now, again, I'm I'm, I'm using this as a yeah. as an analogy of just saying that yes, yielding doesn't always mean coming to a complete stop. Like if God is moving, then I I just call it this: cooperate with grace. Like yeah. if God is moving, yield, let Him get in front of you, but make sure you continue to follow Him, because I think yeah. there are times that in fear we can come to a complete stop, and God's like, no, keep keep coming. Like I'm, I'm still moving. You got to stick close to me. Yeah. Um, don't come to a complete stop. But then on the other side, we don't yield. We're ahead of it. And now instead of asking, instead of us following God, we're asking God to follow us and just clean yeah. up after us on the back end. So there is that tension, like Justin, you were saying, like, it's, it's important for us to recognize, like we yield, we slow down. Sometimes we may need to pause, but don't come to a complete stop that to the point that you lose the person that you're supposed to be following. Yeah. yeah. Or Justin might beep the horn at you. So yes, that's a- that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have a I have a question, and I mean, when you were talking, I was thinking about it. How, how do you know when when you have kind of stopped for too long? Like, how do you know when you're in that moment? Um, I mean, I've talked to you know multiple people, especially you know over the past couple of weeks, they're like they feel like their life is at a standstill. They feel like everything is at a complete stop. Like, how do you, how do you know when it's like, all right, I need to, I, I got to start going again. I gotta I gotta get I gotta get back on the road. I got to get back going to where I was going. Um, so I think it, de- I think it depends on the scenario. I, I wish that yeah. you know, and I, for some of our listeners, I think that um, I would love to be able to say, okay, here's the three things of knowing yeah. when you stayed still too long. And if I had enough time, maybe we could do a sermon around that. But I think just looking at it practically for, for me, it's, it's, I often think about the, the moment where um, Samuel is now basically instructed, like you got to move on from Saul. So we know that the Bible has this, this, this whole like biblical timeline of mourning. It's roughly around 30 days. Like, okay, so you can mourn for 30 days um, and then it's time for you to move forward. So we see this with the death of Moses. We see this when, when God moves on from, 
from Saul to go to David. So we, we just know that, okay, yeah, we got to move forward. But there's a moment where we can acknowledge the pain. We can acknowledge mm-hmm. where we are. We don't want to rush through it. We don't want to ignore it. We, we got we to gotta pause for a moment. But I often think more so of like, not like how long am I supposed to be here, but it's more so like, where is God leading me to next? Mm-hmm. And I think more often than not that what, what can happen is for, for, for Samuel, God had already told him what his next steps were going to be. Like, okay, you're, we're moving on from Saul. There's, a, there's another man after my own heart. I need you to move on. So he was, he was kind of aware of that already, but he was staying still, even though God had already given him instructions on what the next thing is to do. So I think the best way for me to explain it, and, and it may not always work out in this perfect formula, acknowledge where you are, but you know when you're standing still too long is when God is giving you your next step and you still haven't taken it. Yeah, that's yeah. good. I don't yeah, know. I think, what do you think, Justin? Yeah, I think I think to that point, it does 100% depend on the on this scenario. There there is an aspect where, when you're in, I mean, for me at least, like personally, I feel like when I'm in like when I'm in God's grace and I'm I'm walking out the path that He has set before me, like I feel like, and with what we talked about earlier, like my heart is right in it. Like I'm pursuing God. Like my heart is right in. It. But there have been times in my life where for whatever reason, maybe a situation, maybe it's just laziness creeps in. And I just find myself months down the road of like, I have not, I have not moved. I have not taken any steps. I have not. And, 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 and I look at it, it's like, I got content. I got content in like the yielding. Like I got, I got content of just like waiting, like, man, God's taking me this far. Like, you know, it's like, yeah, you know, I kind of like it here. I'm just gonna, I'm going to yield here for a little bit. I'm going to make a complete stop. Pastor Josh, mm-hmm. um, I'm going to, I'm going to stop. <laughs> I'm going to stop. Momentary, until someone blows, momentary. Yeah. I'm going to stop until someone blows the horn at me. And I yeah. think, I think. Which is usually my when, wife. <laughs> I think when I have found myself there, it's when I, when I take a look back of like, okay. And, and this, and this is for everyone for that matter of like, man, I don't, I don't like, I don't feel God as much as I used to. I don't feel like I'm in this like rhythm, whatever. I think, I think look at what you were doing in that season. I think like, look at what your heart was like, were, were, were you seeking after? Like, did you get what you were seeking after? And now you're not seeking after anything yeah. anymore and you can stop. Like, look at what you were doing in that season and apply it to what you're doing in this season now. And for me, it's oftentimes like, no, my discipline is not there of mm-hmm. like spending time of, 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 of spending time with God anymore. And so mm-hmm. if my discipline isn't there, if I'm only doing it like once or twice or, or, or three times a week, but it's just kind of like, just so I can check it off and I don't get behind the U version plan, like, you know, whatever it is, I don't have to hit the catch up button on U version. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, mm-hmm. if I'm only doing it for that, like I'm just standing still, I'm not yeah. pursuing, I'm not going for anything. It is now an obligate, an obligatory practice for me. Yeah. So I think yeah. that if you want to know when you're standing still is what you're doing, is it out of obligation or is it out of pursuing a relationship? Yeah. Like, uh, and I feel like for, for me, like, and, and, and there are times where you do, where I do have to push myself. Like, I mean, I'll be quite honest. Like I don't wake up every single day and bit, you know, with the same fervency, with the same whatever. But at the end of the day, I'm like, no, man, I'm, I'm going to, yeah. I've already decided as Pastor Keith has talked about, I've already decided like, this is what I'm going to do. Like it's not based off mm-hmm. my feelings, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. but I, I think there's times in your life too, where, where if you're standing still, I think I've always with, since we've been in Orlando, I've had pretty much every job or position under the sun here at the church, like just based on mm-hmm. the season of, 
of what we're in. And at first that I'm not going to lie to you. It was hard for me because I do like to, like, if something is given to me, like I'm going to hold on to it. And like, this is mine now. Mm -hmm. This is mine. This is what I've been given. This is who I am. You know, I used to have a problem with wrapping up my identity and like what I was Mm -hmm. doing. But I think when you do that, when you begin to wrap up your identity of what season of life you're in, of what position of life you're in, of, of whatever that, that you're in, like, that may not be what God has for you. And yeah. so the, the, the type of attitude that I've adapted in life now is like, okay, this is what God has given me. This is where God has led me. This is where God is leading me. I'm going to hold on to that. I'm going to do it and pursue it and do it to the best of my ability for the glory of God. And, and once I get there and once I feel like, oh man, I am, I feel like I have done what God has called me to do. And if this is what he has me do for the rest of my life, then, then this is awesome. But when I, whenever I get to that point, I think you hold that grip that you had so tightly, you hold it with an open hand now. Yeah. If God wants to remove it and put something else in your life, then, then so be it. Then, yeah. then that is the will of God. But I feel like as long as people, like when they hold so tightly to things, when they hold so tightly to the place and the position they are at in life, they, they're, God has probably continued on down the road and they're just, mm-hmm. they're just missing it because they've, taken what God has given them, what God has blessed them with, whether it's a job or situation or time in life. And they just hold so hold held so tightly to it that God's like, I have something better for you, but you're holding on to this. Yeah. You know what I think? Uh, so I, we're, we're going to ride this, um, this whole yielding and car analogy. We're going to ride this thing. So hey, everyone that's <laughs> listening, I'm sorry, but just, it seems to be a theme here. So that's what TD um, Jakes does. You're doing good. Yeah. We, we're just going to stand there. If, if he does it, then it's not wrong. So, um, so I mentioned, I mentioned how um, with the whole yielding thing in, in the message, how um, like I'm driving with my son, he's learning how to drive. We're out there. And, and honestly, he's, he's doing really good. So um, a couple of days ago, he had someone blow the horn at him for the first time. You know, we don't have like one of the, you know, student driver, be patient bumper stickers. I won't look good on my car. So we're not putting that on there. Um, so we're just, um, so we're just, we're just driving. So no one knows. Um, and for the most part, even when I see that I'm patient, when I've realized like, oh, there's somebody who's learning. So we're sitting at this intersection where it's, it's no red light. It's, you're just sitting there and you just have to cross over like to head back home as we're leaving um, the grocery store. And so, um, so he's sitting there, he comes to a complete stop. He's, he's only supposed to do it's a stop sign. And so cars are coming. Now as an experienced driver, I'm looking at, yeah, there's opportunities. I would have drove out there. I would have drove out there. I would, I would have drove out there. Um, so I'm seeing moments that I would have certainly moved, but as an inexperienced driver, he's still trying to recognize, okay, how much do I need to turn a wheel when I'm turning? Low? So yeah, be smart. Um, so there was a car that blew the horn behind him. So the whole time, um, I'm wondering how is he going to react? Because I would always say to him, I'm like, son, like, don't let someone else get you, force you to do something that you're not prepared to do. Don't let someone, like, they can go around you, like, all these things. And I got to say, I was so proud of him. Because even if someone blew the horn, like, he didn't freak out. It's like, yeah. I remember, like, when I was teaching my other kids how to drive, like, the, the behavior of others was something that would freak them out. Like, somebody blew the horn at them, then they felt like, well, let me, let me speed up because I want to go with the flow of traffic. But there was this, there was this calm resolve inside of him where he was like, yeah, I'm not going to jump out just yet. And so he, he waited and he, he went when it was more comfortable for him. And so I think to that, when, when we are in those moments where we're sitting at that intersection of life and we're wondering, can I go, should I go? And people do come up and, and, you know, blow their horns at us. I do think there are moments where, where God will come up behind us and blow the horn and make us aware, like, Hey man, you can go if you want, like you can, you can go. And that's then it's in those promptings that I think we have to slow down and recognize like, okay, maybe this is God telling me that it's okay for me to go. But at the same time, when man is trying to force you to do something that you're not prepared to do, not overreacting yeah. and yeah. putting yourself in a position where 
um, you've accelerated your um, your merging, which can cause you to collide, crash, and burn. Come on, man, we'll rock no. this analogy if we need to. Um, <laughs> you know, but don't let someone. So it's 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 recognizing that there's going to be times that I do believe that God will send people to wake us up and say mm -hmm. it's okay for you to move forward. And I think that's where um, accountability and and people that are in our groups and and sometimes pastors and friends will come alongside us and just have that little that conversation to blow the horn. Like it's okay for you to move forward. But at the same time, don't let the pressures of the world put you in a position yeah. that then you can find yourself um, merging when it's not time and, and crash. And so there's like a tension. And I think that's the thing that I'm learning more and more as I get older is that it's never an absolute on one side or the other. There's a tension to be managed. And if we can learn to navigate our tensions, I think that's the place where we can grow and move accordingly instead of like one extreme versus the other extreme. Because I think that's when we just lose balance. Yeah, no, that's yeah. good. I think that's probably one of the biggest things even like over the past year and a half of, you know, becoming a Insta parent, like that I've learned, it, it is a lot of times it's managing, it's managing tension. And because there's this, this part of you that you want, you want what you're, you know, you're sharing with your kids and what you're telling your kids, you want them to intake it and learn from it. And you want them to obey. Sometimes they don't, mm -hmm. but there's this, there's always this, this kind of tension. And I mean, if I, if I'm honest, there's a lot of times, that I have struggled with just feeling like, you know, a failure because I feel like it's not one or the other it is this kind of tension. And I think what we, what I've learned in those moments is I would consider, you know, if I asked them to do something or I was showing them something and, and they did it, man, I won. But if they didn't do it, then man, I failed. What did I do wrong? And I, I think what God has showed me so much over the past year and a half is that honestly and truly like sometimes it's not going to be a this or that there's just going to be this in between that you have to learn to manage and that you have to learn to seek him. You have to learn to ask for his guidance, for his wisdom. And I can look back at my life now and see so many times where that was the season that I was in. I was in a season where I was having to try and manage tension, but I wanted a yes or no. I wanted a this or that. And I felt like God just is like, Hey, I need you to, I need you to manage where you're at and know that you're not a failure or you're not even a success based on this or that that you, you are who you are based on me. And I could imagine right now, probably people even listening to this, watching this, they may have even, uh, you know, done like what you were talking about, um, Justin, is it, they, they maybe had their identity in their job and now they've lost their job. Maybe their identity was in something else and, and now they don't have that. And that's, that's a scary place to be in. That's, it's yeah. a very uneasy place to be in. And, um, and, you know, I, I just think in those moments, those are the moments where you cannot let your success or failure be based on that. It has to be based on Jesus Christ and what he's done for you on the cross and who he is. And I mean, that's one of the, that is one of the biggest lessons that I had to learn because I grew up in a very, you know, if, if you do good, then you're good. If you do bad, then you're bad. But once mm -hmm. I, once I really understood God's grace, it doesn't just give you the right to sin, but what it does is God's grace actually releases a lot of that fear and pressure and anxiety off of you because what you realize is, is that God is good even if I'm not, and that God still sees yeah. me as good even when I don't do good. And it, what it does is that actually will then push you forward. That will help you in that merging process, in that yielding process to know, and that even as I'm going, even if I go to the wrong direction, I heard a TD Jake sermon. He's like, he's rerouting. He can reroute you. Yeah. He can, he can yeah. get you back to where he wants you to be. And so I, I just think that that can encourage, you know, someone right now 
is that you may be in a situation you've never been in. You may have lost your job. There may be, there just may be things that we don't even understand, but mm -hmm. God can get you to where he needs you to be. And God can yeah. always take it. Even if you think you've gone the wrong direction on your own, God can always reroute you. He can always get you to where he needs to be. And that's just something that that's helped me um, tremendously over the past you know, few years is realizing that God is God and I am not. And that ultimately at the end of the day, he's going to get me to where I need to be. That is, that is so good. And, I, and here's why I think that's helpful for, for anyone that's listening. Like, I think you guys hit on some really strong things in regards to like identity and, and purpose and all that. And, and what I keep hearing is don't let your ambition outpace the grace of God on your life. Yeah. Um, and, and I can remember different seasons where, um, whether it be job or, or lifestyle, whatever those things may be of me feeling like, man, like I, I, sh I want this, I should have this. And then you begin to like build a portfolio to kind of accomplish these things that the world defines yeah. as being successful. And then, <clears throat> excuse me, and then God does begin to reroute you and you're like, but no, but if I get rerouted in that direction, then I'm not going to have these things anymore, or it's going to require me to sacrifice some of this stuff. And, and, and I think that's the key thing. Um, we've been talking a lot about this idea of the children of Israel. It's in Exodus 33, such a profound thought, but it's, a, it's an idea of how they were closing in on the, on the promised land. And so like they, they were in proximity and they're like, okay, like it's right here. We're going to go. And God's response was, you can go, but I'm not going with you. And it was like a very pivotal moment where they were like the promises, the, like the things that God has been speaking over our life, like it's, it's right there. But God's saying that we're carrying a whole lot of stuff that we don't need to bring with us into this promised land. And he says we can go, but, but he's not going to go with us unless we deal with some of this stuff. And so here's where I think all this connects is I think there are times that, that our ambition, sometimes our, our identity is wrapped up into a whole bunch of other things. And we believe like, of course, this is good stuff. Of course, like, why wouldn't God want me to have that? But maybe God doesn't allow us to get into certain things because our identity is so entrenched in things that we could never sustain that if he will reroute us until we get purified of all those mm -hmm. things that have nothing to do with him. And then you still get to the promised land, but you're going with his presence instead of just with the gifts. And yeah. that's something that, um, that me and my family, we've had to navigate through and just being in ministry for a long period of time of understanding that there are what happens when, when God asks you to submit the promise to the altar. That's, that's the, that's the tension. And, and really when you think about the, with Abraham, like, like his entire, like from that time when God spoke into his life and began to tell him that he was going to have this promised child and he now finally has Isaac and God's like, okay, now that you have Isaac, are you willing to take my promise and present it to the altar? Because do you care more about what I said or do you care more about my presence? And I think that all of us hit that tension at some point where maybe our ambitions, our goals, maybe even things that, that God has like spoken over us that we're going to have. But God's never intended what he puts in his hand to replace his presence. Yeah. And sometimes we go through seasons that, that force us to kind of get rerouted to say like, yeah, but nothing's more important than your presence, God. Like, there, like there's nothing more important than you. Like if I, if I have to downsize, there's nothing more important to you. Like I don't want to be anywhere where you're not. So can, I, can yeah. I go and move into this area? Sure, but is God with me? I think yeah. that's yeah. the thing um, with, with the people of God is, is this constant question of, Lord, are you with us? There are mm -hmm. times when, the children of Israel will go into battle and maybe they had the upper hand and, but it was always this question, especially when they were seeking after God, God, are you with us? Do you want us to go into battle? Yeah, we could probably win this battle in our own strength, but are you with us? And that was something that David consistently did for the most part. Um, and then we even see with the conquest of the children of Israel that when they consulted yeah. God, 
God, are you with us? Yes, you will surely be successful. I think as long as we are pausing and asking God, is my ambition, is this whole idea of where I feel like you're leading, are you with me? Or is this just me trying to lead my own way and asking mm-hmm. you to kind of like just clean up after my mess along the way? Like that's the, that's the tension. So when, when it says that he is the light, it means that he has to go before us. I mean, we've been singing the song, The Blessing, but it's like, mm-hmm. he's before us, but he's behind us. He's within us. He's around us. Like, it's yeah. such a powerful thought that's really connected to, um, like, that pillar of fire at night, the cloud by day, that, that beautiful illustration in the Exodus narrative of how God was all around them. But it, it always says he went before them. He led them. Like, mm-hmm. we got to make sure we don't get out of pace with God. We got to make sure that our ambition doesn't outpace God. Like, I feel like that's the part that yeah. if as long as I'm in God's presence, I know I'll be okay. Yeah, that's good. And so like, we'll kind of wrap this up in, in just a second with everything that we have just said, we've talked about, we, we kind of jump on the train of talking about yielding and, mm-hmm. and, and things like that. So what would you say to someone, a, a lot of us, a lot of people right now who maybe they, maybe they are yielded. Maybe a lot of people don't even have a choice, but to yield right now. Like they like, and I think that's a, maybe many people who are listening to this, like you're, you're yielding whether you like it or not, because your everyday life, everything that you maybe once yielded to, it's not even an option right now. And, yeah. and you, you, maybe a lot of people are finding themselves um, just at home, kind of wondering what, what is coming along. Like, God, what do you have for me now? Like after all this is done, what do you have for me now? Mm-hmm. Like, what would, what would you guys say some, some to, to wrap this up, to put some maybe practical, uh, applications um, around all this of, of, of hearing God, like we, we, God can speak however, wherever, whenever, like he wants to, but for, for you guys at times in your life, when you have heard God or you've been seeking after answers or you've been seeking after a direction that God wants to send you, what are some things that you put in practice? What are some things that you did to allow yourself to hear the voice of God more clearly? Yeah. I mean, I, I kind of, uh, I shared a little bit with our, um, our church team yesterday, but Psalms 27, it's a great Psalm. Um, and, mm-hmm. and really, really talked about what Pastor Keith was talking about. And it, it's really, there's this part in the Psalm where David, like he realizes that God is good. God is for him, that God is his, God is his shelter. God is his fortress, his stronghold. And then he makes this, this, uh, this quote. And he's like, I just want to be in your presence. I just want to live with you forever. But then right after that, he goes, but I know I have to seek your presence. Um, so yeah. it wasn't just enough to want it. You have to actively seek it. And Pastor Keith, you talked about this on Sunday. A lot of that has to do with active listening. I'm actively listening mm-hmm. to God. And so I know what I will do in moments is I'll, I will sometimes do like the whole formulaic, like, man, if I do listen to these two songs and if I read the Bible for this long and if I pray for this long, then I'm going to hear God's voice. But I would just encourage everyone to, I know this sounds weird, but all day, every day, just be actively listening for God to speak. Yeah. He may speak to you through something crazy. I mean, I, I may, I think I shared this. It may have been a couple of after the messages ago, if I did, I apologize, but I was worrying about some things and I went to take my trash outside. I put it in our like trash bin and whenever, and I literally, when I shut the lid, I was just like, God, like I need to hear, I, I need, I need to hear your voice. I need to hear something from you. And I turn around and in the edge, uh, like my house is on a corner. And so right on the corner, there was this massive stop sign. And I just felt like it was like, stop. And I'm like, okay, like what, what do you, but to me in that moment, I felt like I was just like, I need you to stop worrying. 
I need you to stop taking this on yourself. I need you to just, just give it to me. That's what that said to me in that moment. Cause I like, I needed to hear God. I saw a stop sign. Um, but mm-hmm. I was, I was actively listening, actively looking. And so I, I would just encourage everyone. I know it doesn't, I know it may not be as practical, um, but actively listen at all times during the day. Just don't wait to just tell like so many times when we go into prayer, even go into reading our Bible, we're wanting to like tell God something we're wanting to like, you know, even if we feel like he's going to speak to us, we might have like a rebuttal ready, you know, in those moments, just, just, just kind of stop and just actively listen, actively look, be looking in his word, be looking around you. I believe that God can speak to you. I mean, we've talked about it before. He can speak to you through his word. He can speak to you through other people, someone, you know, beeping the horn at you, whatever it may take, but actively be looking and listening for God on a daily basis in everything that you do. And you don't have to be like weird about it. Just actively, just, just do it actively. And I think that's one of the best things you can do. I think um, that's, that's really good, man. And and I think the other practical thing, so you're hitting on actively listening. I think it, it comes down to me with um, trusting God's timing. Yep. Um, a lot of times when we read the Bible, um, we, we do have like the we kind of have like this misnomer that, okay, I turn a page and, and now like, man, like God called Abraham and in, in Genesis 11 and chapter 12. Um, and yeah, several chapters have passed, but man, like, you know, chapter 22, it's all working out, bro. The amount of years <laughs> that have taken place in between that, like it's, it's so easy. A lot of times when we look at scripture to just look at, mm-hmm. man, like this is the way it's going to do it. And so let me get down the four things that Abraham did. He did these four things and wow, it all worked out. But bro, there's like decades that passed in between that. Yeah. When you even look at the calling of Paul, like Paul is called, he loses his sight, he gets hands laid on him, he goes to the deserts of Arabia. Like he actually goes back home for like over a decade and like before he really gets sent off into his first missionary journey. So even there would be times when you would like, I would have conversations with people who feel called to ministry. It's like, man, God spoke to me and, and, and let's go. I'm like, bro, like, yes, we read the Bible and it's meant to be inspirational, but but Paul wasn't living his life to be a three-point sermon. Like he was, he was called. He was just trying to figure it all out. He went back home for a while, came back, and now he went on his first, like, years passed. So I'm not saying that we should just get comfortable with being in our position forever. What I am saying is that I do think that we have to be patient with God's mm-hmm. timing. And if there's one yeah. area that I feel like that I struggle with and that I imagine that a lot of people struggle with, especially in a world of instant gratification, is trusting God's timing. I yeah. think that's an area where it's so difficult. Um, but I like to look at things like, um, at least I try to. In real time, it doesn't feel good. I, I talked about mm-hmm. this. In real time, it's it's. It, I found for me, and this is just being honest, I found for me that I was able to recognize what God was doing in retrospect. But in real time, I'm just like, bro, like why, why haven't we got there yet? Mm-hmm. So I think a lot of times in real time, we're just trying to figure it all out. But in yeah. retrospect, that's where we kind of get the revelation and see the little things that God has been doing along yeah. the whole way. I've shared this story before, but um, many, many years ago, early in Megan and I's marriage, got into a car accident, wasn't able to work for about a, about a year. So Megan was the primary um, sole source of income and we couldn't afford to live like that. So that was a brutal year. Like, just every month wondering if you're going to have enough to be able to pay the rent every month. It was just like, so in real time, I can look at that now in real time. It was awful. There was never a period of time as strong as my faith was that it felt great, but I remember just trusting God. And now in retrospect, when I look back at it, 
I see how God was forging my dependency on him. I see how God was yeah. strengthening my marriage and showing us that we can suffer together, which means that we can be trusted to be yeah. blessed together. Like there was a lot of things that God did. So when I find myself in seasons like this, I, I kind of look at it like, um, you know, I love to, I love to like when I, when I feel it, but I, I love to like put things on my smoker. I don't get to, I don't get to rush how long my ribs are going to take. Like there's a process where you marinate them. And then there's a process where you put it on the smoker and then you just got to let that time run its course. You know, the end result is that it's going to be really, really awesome. Somebody knows what I'm talking about. Um, it's going to, it's going to be awesome, but I can't, I can't rush it. If I microwave the process, it's not going to be as good. So I yeah. often will find myself in periods where I'm like, okay, God, yeah. I'm in a season where I am being seasoned and yeah. I'm going to pause. I'm going to, I'm going to have to trust that you're working some things out. Mm -hmm. So in the meantime, can you give me peace? In the meantime, while I'm here right now, can you give me a sense of resolve and show me what are you yeah. doing with with me now because i know i won't often see what the end result's yeah. going to be until i'm on the other side of it but in real time just give me peace just give me strength give me endurance and then we'll be able to celebrate on the other side yeah. and then i'll be able to look back and say wow look at all the things that god did but i think we just have to stop trying to be great in the moment be faithful in the moment and greatness that's will good. be determined later yeah that's yeah. good all right. So to wrap it all up um, and to make I'm it a little practical, now. I know I'm hungry yeah. now too. I'm thinking about ribs. <laughs> yeah. well, let's go. I'm going yeah, to give me a McRib. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know what that stuff's made out of. Um, wrap it all up. Okay. Both of you guys mentioned two words that I think are great. And it's a little uh, compare and contrast. You mentioned comfortable, comfortability and contentment. And so there's, there's a difference in comfortability and contentment. And, and that's what both of you guys are speaking to. That's kind of what we talked about, that that contentment in those seasons of knowing, going back to week one, what we talked about, that he is the source, that ultimately in every season, whether we have a lot or whether we have a little, whether we're seems like we're winning or seems like we're losing, ultimately God is the source. And so uh, practical, I know everyone says to read Philippians 4, but read Philippians 4. Read the entire chapter, not just verses 6 through 8. Read the entire thing, and it leads you on such a beautiful progression of what peace looks like, of what contentment looks yeah. like. And so I would encourage everyone, if you're listening to this right now, read the entire chapter and, and read right. what it says, because I really believe that. And then even, you know, we mentioned Psalms 27. That's a great one to go and look at as well. But read that. Read those scriptures that we put in uh, this week on Sunday. There was a lot of those. Read those scriptures and read them. When we say read them, like read them in context. You know, don't be afraid to read a whole chapter of the Bible. It's, it's good, I promise. Um, mm -hmm. But just remember, you know, the comfortability and contentment. Contentment is what's key. You know, comfortability, it'll be challenged the rest of your life. Um, if you are yeah. ever in a situation and you are comfortable, get ready to probably be uncomfortable soon. But learning to be content and trusting God that he is the source. Uh, I mean, that you can do all things through him because he is the source. I think that's a great, a great kind of way to, to end this one because turn out all the light, see the light. You know what I mean? Yeah. Amen. <laughs> and, and I think you hit it, man. And, and I think that's why what, 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 how we'll tie it all together is like his word is a lamp unto our feet. Yep. And so all the things you just talked about, it's really understanding how the word of God, like it leads, it leads the way. And so engaging those scriptures, engaging um, everything that we've talked about, looking at the whole story Bible reading plan. Yep. Um, we got resources on our website with prayers and things like that. I realized that some people are like, I don't know how to pray. Like all those resources are available that can really help us. So just in this season, grab a hold of those resources. Like I really believe that, that we have access to time and resources that we've never had before. So actually engage that stuff because I think that that can form your faith moving forward so that when we're on the other side of this, 
we didn't like just, man, I'm glad I got through that, but it's like, God got some things out of me in this that I'm going to bring with me on the other side yeah, of it. And yeah. nothing's going to shape you more than the word of God. I promise so you. Good. Yeah. yeah. And listen, if you don't follow us on social media, please follow us at celebration ORL. You can always click on the link um, in our bio and on that link, there is literally everything that we've talked about today, all these different resources and everything that you need. Also during this time, if you find yourself where maybe you have a need, or you're in a position where you can meet a need, you can text the word CARE um, to the number 25101. We, we are here for you as a church. Uh, we're not just a Sunday church. We are an everyday church, um, and, and we're here to love you guys and be there for you. And so I want to encourage you um, to do that and then check out our, our website and podcast as always. But uh, any, any last words? I've said enough. I'm done. Justin, won't you, won't you give us a parting word, some parting words from, of wisdom? Your beard kind of takes, um, you kind of take hierarchy with your I know, beard. I, got, so you I know, because I got, I got the gray. <laughs> um, no, man, I think everything we just talked about is, is phenomenal. And I think this is not like, it's not an easy time in our country. It's not an easy time in the, in the world. And a lot of people are at home. A lot of people are without right now. But one thing that you are with is Jesus. And I think like use what you have in front of you use what god has given you for a lot of you man maybe you think that this isn't given to you by god this time you're at home like whatever like use this like find the silver mm -hmm. lining in it if you have been wanting to learn how to hear from god if you've been wanting to to spend more time with him and grow your relationship look at the silver lining in this like yeah. You have the time, you have the availability. Yeah. And if there's any time to hear from God, if there's any time to hear a word from Jesus, it is in the middle of a global pandemic. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, I guess that would be my word. Like everything we've just talked about here, like I know all three of us, we, we talked about ways that we have heard from God. Just know this, mm -hmm. you, God may speak to you differently. And yeah. if he does, that is okay. That is the, that is the beauty of, of, of who God is. That there yeah. is no formula. You cannot do that. If you do this, then God will do this. If you do this, then God will speak mm -hmm. this way. Like, no, man, as long as what we talked about earlier, as long as your heart yeah. is pursuing after Jesus and your heart right. and, and, and your motives are for, for the kingdom and for Jesus first and foremost, and not for what you want, not for what Justin wants, yeah. I can promise you this. You, you will hear from God. Yeah. Seek him and you will find him. Yeah, that's good. I, I just That's thought about this. Amen. I'm sorry. I have to say it. Pastor Keith, you said it a couple of weeks ago um, in a staff meeting, but the same God that speaks to us can speak to you. There's no junior Holy Spirit. There's not like a special yes. Holy Spirit for people <laughs> who are pastors and leaders at churches. The same yeah. Holy Spirit that lives on the inside of us lives on the inside of you and he can lead you and guide you the same way. And so, Amen. yeah, seek and you'll find. So I love it. All right, all right, guys. Good well, stuff, man. It. I love this. We could do this all day. I know. After the message at home edition, this is probably going to be the longest yeah. one we've done so far. But hey, thank you guys uh, for tuning in. It's a vibe. I like it. Yeah, make sure to subscribe and share this with uh, share this with your friends. If the, if this impacted you, share it with someone. Now is a, a greater time than ever to actually share what God is doing in your life yeah. and the life of the church. So, all right, we love you guys, and we'll see you soon. See y'all. Right. You guys be good. Talk to you later. All right, bye bye.